1: Now, once again, here's Mark.
0: Good morning, everybody.
1: Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, and for the next two hours, we're going to talk about your car, your car questions, we're going to talk about the industry, what to do, what not to do, and you're welcome to join us anytime you want. The phone number, is 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960, you will answer the phone, he will say, what's your name, you'll say Bob, and he'll say, okay, hold on and he whispers in my ear, Bob's on the line, and I pick, say, okay, let's go to Bob, and that's how it works. 602-508-0960. It's easy enough to have your car repaired. The hard part is, is knowing who is taking care of you, and and then in reality, (laughs) more than anything else, it's, are they taking care of you for their wallet, or are they taking care of you because this is what you need. And that's the difficult part of the repair process is is um, who's, uh, who's making those kinds of decisions. When it comes to shops here in Phoenix, Action Auto Repair at I-17 in Deer Valley is a good full-service family-owned operation, and Tom and I have been friends since 1983. I only tell you about shops that I've known for years and years and years and shops that I can refer you to because that's important to me. So he's on Deer Valley, and he's serviced Deer Valley and North Phoenix since 1983. He, his staff is well known for good workmanship, excellent customer service, fast turnaround time. He has ASE-certified technicians, and many of them are masters, like I am. And when you're a master, you've tapped past all of the automotive tests, and you've been certified as well-rounded, bumper to bumper, front to back, and everything in between. So if uh, you live near the area of I-17 in Deer Valley and you don't have an auto repair shop, may I suggest Action Auto Repair, northwest corner of Deer Valley and I-17. When it comes to working on cars, there's all kinds of problems with cars today, and we have what we call pattern failures where we have a particular problem. So there's a company called Dorman, and those of you that work on your own cars, you should have a link On your PC or on your phone, to Dorman D-O-R-M-A-N, and I'll tell you why. Dorman is a company that takes a part that was not made white at the very beginning. They redesign the part and they fix the problem and they put it out on the market on a regular basis. We will use Dorman and we will purchase a part from our our jobber, our auto parts store, and we'll put it on your car and it's going to be a redesigned part but it's going to be just as much an original equipment but the problem is solved. I'll give you an example. There's a shift tower on a Jeep and what that is is that it it has a six-speed transmission and many Wrangler Jeeps with this manual transmission often often experience issues with the shifter popping out of gear especially over rough terrain. This Dorman fix is specifically designed to help prevent this issue, making sure the shifter stays in gear and the sloppy-feeling shifter is tightened up, leading to predictably firm and positive shifts. So this shift tower is for Jeep Wranglers from 2018 to 2005, and they have to have a six-speed transmission. So if you own a Jeep and you have a problem with when you're rocking and rolling through the desert, the shifter popping out, then this manual shift tower, manual transmission shift tower is redesigned and it'll stop that problem because that was that's what Dorman does. Well, they do all kinds of stuff like that and we use them a lot and they're a good resource because the hard part is, is we fix your car and then wh- what happens is we end up giving you something that has a pattern failure and then it comes back and we get another one from the dealer and then another one, and then another one. And that's the difficult part. So Dorman has been around for God knows how many years. We've used them extensively for a lot of electronics that they redesign. And it's a really easy easy thing to do. When you go to look for an auto parts for your car, it's a good idea to call around and ask two questions. How much am I going to pay for it, and what brand is it? Don't be afraid of things called Denzo nip and Don't be afraid of, of, of import kind of stuff. Don't be afraid of that. M- pretty much all the auto repair parts um, that are sold and installed in the United States come from China. <laughs> it doesn't make any difference what you think. That's where they come from. But the amount of money made in China is insignificant because from the manufacturer, it's sold to a warehouse and then the warehouse sells it to a jobber which is a guy on the street corner then this guy on the street corner sells it to me and then I install it in your car and sell it to you the overwhelming <laughs> amount of money profit on that part is made once it gets to the shores of the United States so i have friends that buy parts and they and spef- specifically one of them Wayne goes to china on a regular basis and they what they do is is they they find someone that will make the part to our exact specifications and then they'll test the part and then they'll hire that person to make you know hundred thousand of those parts and use this box and then they'll ship them from china to the united states and then from there it goes to a warehouse and then to another warehouse and then it goes to a jobber and then it goes to me and then it goes to you Everybody upstream <laughs> makes a lot of money on that part. And and that part may be a $2 part, and by the time it gets to you, it's a $50 part. The parts that are made in China, and, and I'm, just, I'm not defending this thing, but <laughs> they're made to our specifications, and they're made well. And I know that there's an issue with respect to people in the United States that make parts and stuff, but there, it's a cost difference. That's all it is. It's a cost difference. So the money itself... The overwhelming majority of the money profit is made after the thing lands here in the United States. Anyway, we have a caller. Who might that be, Gil? Say hello to Jim. Jim, good morning.
2: Good morning, Mark. I, I have a 2005 Honda Civic. I'm the original owner. And the other day it just went over 100,000 miles. And my question is, the last two years in what we call our winter when it's re- relatively cold in the mornings, when I start driving, I could go over the slightest speed bump, and it sounds like I got a a ton of rusty chains in my trunk. But once the day warms up, everything's fine. The car runs fine, and and I really and by the way, I've I've always taken it to the dealer for for servicing and everything. I think uh, I think I. It's time to move on, so okay. uh, if you could recommend somebody.
1: Okay, so um, is, it, is this noise related to the front tires going over the speed bump or the back tires going over the speed bump? The back tires. Okay, and the noise is definitely in the back end?
2: Yeah.
1: Okay, well when you go over a speed bump, the only thing that's moving is the axles going up and down, and we have a spring and a strut, a shock absorber that's wrapped in a spring. And so I think what you should do is, is you can probably make this happen just about every morning. Is that right?
2: Yeah. Well, and like I say, around when it's when it's like in uh, below, say, 70
3: degrees.
1: Okay. Okay. So so and now, now is fine. Here's what I think you should do. Some morning, go out there and get the garden hose, park the car close to where the garden hose is at, and I want you to spray well, down. I
2: can't, I can't do that. I live in an apartment.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, what I was going to say is, is if you wet one back end of the car on one side and then go drive it, and then the next day you wet the passenger side and then you go drive it, you'll know which side it's coming from. And so you just take the garden hose, and it's like you're kind of rinsing off the undercarriage of the car on the driver's side, but you just do it with the hose on top of the wheel. You just, and you just spray water everywhere. That's what I would do. But I could also put two guys in the back seat and say, hey, you guys, each one of you sit all the way close to the doors, and I'm going to go drive over this speed bump, and then you switch places. So John says, first, he's on the right-hand side, the passenger side, and I say, John, you hear it? Yeah, I I heard it and felt it. Good. Now switch. And then John goes to the other side, and then I go over the bump again, and John says, no, 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 it's worse on the right side. (laughs) We're done. So that's how easy it is to diagnose something like that, but it's more than likely going to be a bushing or something like that that is old and worn out, and you just simply replace the part with the bushing in it, and you should be back on the road and fine but I'll tell you something else I don't know what this is, but I'm betting it's not anything significant and i'm I'm pretty sure it's not going to be anything that's going to cause you to have the right rear tire fall off,
2: you. Yeah. You know, like like I say, the speed bumps. Like in the middle of the speed bumps, there's usually no bump. So I could go over, like, the right wheel going over a speed bump that way and then turn around and the left wheel going over
1: the speed bump. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. That solves the problem. Yes, that's exactly what you need to do. And, And then you'll find out which side's that. And then when you take it in for an oil change, you say, hey, um, I got a noise in the back end. Would you take a look at it? And this is how I made it happen.
2: Yeah. And like I said, I, I I'm tired of going to the dealership. You know, they, like the last time I went for an oil change, I get uh, I get even putting the synthetic in, I get uh, it's zero W twenty, and they've been telling me to come back every uh, four months. You know, so I think you know I'd rather go. To, I live on. Uh, not Thirty Second Street in East Camelback, and uh, I'm trying to find a a good guy to go to. Like in I I live in Saint Thomas the Apostle Parish. Okay. And, uh, this guy Martin advertises in their bulletin. Dave, one.
1: Dave Martin is a good guy. Um, I like him. Um, he was going to be on the show today. Um, with me today, and I know his dad Dennis and his his dad Dennis and I are friends and the thing with um the reason why he's not on the show is because I had to stay up north and I had to do the radio show up north and so I asked him if we could reschedule because I've got workers here up north and so that's the reason but Dave Martin is a good shop and and he's he's a very honest man and you will like him when you shake his hand and you will recognize there is a difference between Dave Martin and many other shops in town with respect to honesty and integrity and knowledge and all that kind of stuff. So, yes, if you're talking about Martin's Auto, that's a great place to go.
2: 16th and uh, Indian, I think. Say that again. I think it's on 16th Street and yeah. in Indian. It's in, in yeah,
1: south, south of that, I'm pretty sure. 16th Street and Indian School, just south. Yeah,
2: yeah. Okay. 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 Can I ask you another question?
1: Yeah, I'm going to give you the answer on the other side of the break, though. So give me your other question.
2: Okay. Now, I, I just moved here eight years ago from New York City. Okay. And I'm wondering, is there a good time to put air in your tires and gas in your car? You know, with the heat and everything, all these, you know, does the pressure go up and does gas expand and all that stuff?
1: Okay. Yes, and I'll answer that on the other side of the break. So you stay there. The lines are wide open. We have four of them open. 6025080960. 6025080960. This is Dennis Prager.
4: If God saved the Jews in Egypt, why didn't he save the Jews in Europe? Was there really an Exodus? My new book answers these and other questions. It's called The Rational Passover Haggadah, about the oldest holiday in the world. Just like my commentary, The Rational Bible, The Rational Passover Haggadah, my newest book, relies on reason. Relevant to non Jews, Jews, and people of no faith. The Rational Passover Haggadah.
0: Available at breakerstore.com or wherever I had books no
4: are idea sold. That guy
5: was...
2: Adopt U.S. Kids presents
6: Multiple Choice Parenting.
0: You're bringing your daughter to her favorite pop star's concert. Do you A, wear earplugs?
6: Isn't this fun, Dad?
5: I have a soft pretzel.
0: B, remember the moment with matching (laughs) concert t-shirts.
5: That's going to be 180 bucks. Or we can just take a photo.
0: C, show her how you used to do concerts.
5: We're going crowd
7: surfing! I can't! It's too heavy! (laughs) Oh my God!
0: Or D, just roll with it.
2: Oh, he just at i love you justin i love you when it comes to parenting there are no perfect answers but that's okay because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent teens in foster care will love you just the same
0: for more information on how you can adopt visit adopt az a public service announcement from the u.s department of health and human services adopt u.s kids and the ad council
6: i was in the middle of the atlantic ocean when it happened Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything.
3: Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council
5: how do you define strength is it physical or is it mental maybe it's both maybe it's whatever empowers a person to dig deeper fight harder and overcome obstacles that once seemed insurmountable discover how much stronger and more confident your children can be encourage them to participate in a sport when they go to high school this message presented by the Arizona
4: Interscholastic Association and the Arizona Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association.
6: For help with food, health care, and other resources, call or visit 211.org. 211, how can I help you? 211, get connected, get help. A message from United Way and the Ad Council. Well, welcome back,
1: everybody. Let me push a couple of buttons here and we'll get on the road. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Automatic Transmission Exchange here in Phoenix. Phil's been around since 1968. Without a doubt, in my opinion, he is the best transmission guy around. He knows the old cars, he knows the new cars, but more important, he understands how a transmission needs to be shifted. And in the old days, we used to do it with vacuum and throttle angle and stuff like that, and today we do it with computers, but it's done the same. So when he gets to it, he'll take a drive with you if you can show him the problem, He'll also look at any leaks that you might have. One way or another, if you're going to need transmission work, Automatic Transmission Exchange is a place I would suggest, and they're at 40th Street and Washington, 40th Street and Washington. Denny, um, hang on right just real quick. Let me just finish up with, with Jim. Jim, um, it doesn't really make any difference when, when you get gas. It can be in the middle of the summer, the middle of the winter, but in the middle of a snowstorm, in the middle of a rainstorm. It makes no difference where you get gas. Um, I know that there's lots of talk about vapor and all that kind of stuff, but we're talking about you taking a penny and slicing it in half, and it really doesn't make any difference. As far as your tires are concerned, you always check your tires when they're cold. So you don't come off the freeway at 5 o'clock after you've been on the freeway for 30 minutes and pull into a gas station or an air charge station and have the tires um, checked. So you do it cold. Usually first thing in the morning, you just drive to an air station and and check your your car. Denny, good morning. How can I help you?
0: Good morning, Mark. I have a two-part question. Okay. One is, is there any difference in depth, diesel exhaust fluid, from one to the other? I've been told yes, and I've been told no.
1: No, the answer is no.
0: Okay, great. My second question is, I have a 1933 Plymouth. It's got a uh, 392 Hemi with a, 6, 7, uh, a 671 blower on it, I think it is, Mm-hmm. and... I'm having trouble. I don't know what's the electric fuel pump on this thing, or it's the. Uh, I have to use ether to start it almost every single time.
1: Is it carbureted?
0: Yes, two okay. two uh, big four barrels, five hundred core barrel four barrels. Okay, are mine. they
1: Hollies or the uh, Rochester's or what kind of carburetors on it? Hollies. Okay. With well, a, um, if you're using that, if you're using ether to start it up, it's because it's not being primed. And and are you pumping the throttle three, four, five, six times before you start it?
0: Definitely. And in fact, okay. I leave the the electric fuel pump on for about a minute, and it still not seems to get enough gas up there.
1: Well, and 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 the reason why is because the accelerator pumps are bad on one or both of the carburetors. That's all. Uh-huh. It should, when you pump the throttle, you should be able to look down the front barrels of the two. You don't do this with, you don't pump the throttle when it's trying to start and look down the barrels because if it backfires, it's going to take all the hair off your face but and, <laughs> ma- and make you cry like a little girl. <laughs> but um, and, and, and I I do I speak from experience for that. So in, in your case, take the air filters off first thing in the morning, and I want you to pump the throttle and look down the front bore, and there's going to be some nozzles, and they're going to be... Th- they're going to be squirting fuel in. And and I want you to check okay. both the front and the back one, right? Do you have two or one? Yes. Okay. Two. And, and then you look. Now, once you get it started with Ether, take it, take it for a drive, bring it back home, shut it off, take the air cleaners off, keys in your pocket, and pump it again, and you'll see a good stroke at that point. You'll see what's going on, because you say I'm having a hard time cold starting it, but you didn't say it had a bad hesitation when I take off from a traffic light. So I know those fuel those those um, um, accelerator pumps. I know they're good, but for whatever reason they're not pumping first thing in the morning. That's really a, a not diff. That's not a difficult repair.
0: Okay. righty. And, and this, who, who would you recommend I bring? the the vehicle too.
1: I'm over in Surprise, Arizona. Okay. Um, Harker's Auto, 38th Avenue in Indian School. Um, There's no question in my mind that they are really good. They'll find it. They'll bid it. They'll fix it. Now, another thing I want you to try too is, let me step aside from that just a minute. When you get in in the morning, you turn the key to the on position, and I want you to pump the throttle five times. Okay? Then I want you to let go of the throttle and see if it'll start, and here's why. The first pump or two is going to close the choke flap, okay? So we need the choke flap shut on a cold engine start. Then the next four, I'm hoping I can bring that accelerator pump alive. So pump it kind of viciously all the way to the floor. One, two, three, four, five. And see and then take your foot completely off the gas and see if it fires. That'll help. That'll help the technician fix your car. But Harker's could do that, 25th Street Auto could do that, Blackwell's on the other side of town, he can do that. Action Auto can do it, Kurtz can do it. We're all gray-haired guys that were born and raised on the car readers you have. <laughs> so, I got you. So, so so it it that's not. On a 1 to 10 scale you're asking us to do a 3. Okay?
0: Very good. Thank you very much, Mark. I really appreciate
1: it. You're more than welcome, Leonard. You're up. How can I help you?
0: Yeah, good morning, Mark. I
2: got two questions. Uh, every time I uh, have my coolant system checked out, it comes back rusty, and I go and have it flush again. It comes back rusty again. What causes that, and what can I do to stop that? It just it keeps going to rust. Keeps going to rust. I got a follow-up question.
1: No, it's it's no big deal. This happens a lot and 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 you can we can flush that thing till you and I are both dead and we're not going to get all the rust out of the block once it's in there it's in there and so but we test it with a a a meter that tells us what the freeze point is and if we know it's 50/50 then the freeze point's going to be around 32 and so all we do is test it and we make sure it's 50/50 the coolant in there and the water in there is fine it's just got a little red rust to it no no big deal can I put a rust inhibitor in there you could, but it's too late because inside oh, okay. the engine, it's real, it's, it's not smooth. It's kind of, you know, it's, it's, I don't know how to describe it. The inside of the engine is not finished. And so what happens is, is you get a little rust in there and then the rust just kind of spreads out and nothing short of pressure washing the cooling system. And that doesn't work because I've tried it. So it's, it's just really a matter of it's no big deal. Other than the color that you're going to have red, as long as it's a 50-50 mix of coolant, it's going to do its job. The red won't have anything to do with it. It's not going to get worse. Now, some old guys will sometimes mix up a a mixture of some Tide (laughs) and some water and run that through the system. But I know for a fact I've done that on one motor five or six times. So I mix soap and water, different kinds of soap and water. Put it in the cooling system. Drive it, drive it, drive it, drive it, drive it, drive it. Flush it, drive it, drive it, drive it. I never made any progress, never made any progress. So uh-huh. I, I just really yeah. wouldn't worry about it. Other than the fact that your overflow jug is going to look rusty, no one cares. Just okay, uh,
2: follow person, please. go ahead. Uh, uh, to, to gasoline, I drive very little and I tap off my, my gas, I only got about 7 8 gallons. My question is,
8: should I let that run down or does, does gasoline get old and stale? Shall I lift, run that gasoline all the way down before I fill again? Can, I, can gasoline I prob- stay old and stale?
1: I probably would. I'd probably do it at the halfway mark. I'd, I would probably fill it at the halfway mark. That way you're constantly diluting the old gas. Okay, so I I'd go to half tank, then I'd fill it up. Then I'd go to half tank, then I'd fill it. And if you work it out right, then you can actually have your wife do it when she uses the car to go get groceries. Yes. You could say, Oh, by yes, the way, right. honey, would you put some gas in that? Yeah,
2: it's okay.
1: Okay.
3: Very
1: good. Alrighty, All buddy. right, buddy. Thank you very much. You're Stay welcome. safe,
3: Mark. Stay safe.
1: By the way, thank Stay you. Safe. Thank you very, very much. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. If you have a car question, six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. And if you're outside the Phoenix metropolitan area, you can still use that. It's not going to be a long distance call. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. My name is Mark Salem. We'll be back in about three or four minutes. Think you know about
6: math? Think again. Today's methamphetamine is far more potent, more addictive and more deadly than ever before. Today's meth is often laced with the deadly drug, fentanyl. In fact, deaths from meth use have doubled in Arizona. What can you do? Get the facts at thenewmeth.com and know there's hope and resources for recovery. This message is sponsored by the Substance Abuse Coalition Leaders of Arizona. It's said that if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. Well, the weather isn't the only thing changing. Local business owners are saying it's getting harder to sustain their business than it was a few months ago. Let Salem Surround help you today. Our team of local in-market experts will utilize the latest research and marketing technology to deliver media plans that will exceed your expectations. Salem Surround is here to help you achieve success.
8: Learn more about Salem Surround at surroundphoenix.com. That's surroundphoenix.com.
6: I fish. I also clean local waterways so others can fish and swim. I help build public boat ramps for easy access to the water. I provide fishing and water safety education for kids. I maintain a healthy fish population so tomorrow's anglers can enjoy a catch. I prevent unwanted species from spreading into waters where they don't belong. I restore the condition of rivers, to help fish and wildlife thrive. I fund long-term plans to protect our lakes and streams. I do all of these things and more all because I buy a fishing license. When you buy a fishing license, you do a lot. In fact, every dollar from a license purchase protects and maintains your local waterways for future generations to enjoy. To learn more about how you can get your fishing license, go to TakeMeFishing.org. That's TakeMeFishing.org. We're here early before they wake up. We stay late, we stay informed, we invest in the latest technology.
5: We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds.
6: We do this not because it's our job, but because this is about our veterans' lives. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there.
1: We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans.
5: We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans.
6: Hey, kids, let mom help with your science project. This new mom wants her kids' science project to thrive. Too bad she hasn't cracked a science
2: book since 1985.
5: A metathesis
2: reaction? Compounds, mixtures, and elements. Even this baking soda volcano is too big of an experiment. Whoa. Now she's completely forgotten the periodic table. Now she's burning a hole through the kitchen
6: table. Burning with silence. But her kids' love for the mom is truly transparent. Proof you don't have to be perfect
2: to be the perfect
6: parent. Don't tell them. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of siblings in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service
7: announcement
8: from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. AdoptUSKids and the Ad Council.
1: All about that deal. 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem and we're going to get to the phones in just a minute. We have one line taken. We have four open. 602-508-0960. If you want to ask a question, I get I get lots of emails and lots of calls and they start off with I live in Sun City. What shop would you suggest I go to? That's easy. Autodynamics has been around since 1982. I've known Chuck for more than 40 years. They're on the north side of Grand just west of 99th Avenue. They're a good shop and they know the difference between right and wrong. They're going to diagnose your car. They're going to guarantee their diagnosis and when they give you an estimate they're going to come at the estimate or below the estimate. They're going to use good parts. And they're going to treat you right. So, if you live in Sun City, Auto Dynamics, Grand, and 99th Avenue is a place I would suggest you go. Greg, good morning. How can we help you?
7: Hey, Merck. A uh, quick question. Uh, We—I ha- have a 2018 um, uh, Tucson uh, Hyundai, and it hardly gets driven. Maybe once a week, twice a month. Um, and I'm just wondering what I should do as far as oil changes. And the question is, should I should I drive that car more often, just to to keep it from sitting?
1: It's it's more important to drive it and and run it through a heat cycle than it is to drive it. A lot of folks will just drive it to the store and back, or they'll drive it to use let you know let the neighbor use it to go someplace to Home Depot that's three blocks away. That's not good. We never boil the water out of it. We never get it to complete operating temperature. So we need a complete heat cycle from whatever ambient temperature is to 220, 230 degrees, and then back down. So use it for, you know, do you have a 16-year-old child, a little boy, a young boy that um, wants to drive no, Daddy's I have, car? I
7: have no, ch- no children <laughs> at home, uh, no well, you... I, what I, I i have a I have a Prius and with the the way it gas is these days, I love driving it and then yeah. uh, only when I need to go to pick something up you know that I need an s u v for do I yeah.
1: take the Tucson, uh, yeah. well the worst thing that that com, com, compare the two the worst thing you can do is the short trips We never get it warmed up, then we end up with a bunch of water in the oil. And then we end up with a small amount of wear that we wouldn't have otherwise had. And if you're going to do that, how many miles a year do you drive on it? And then that determines what oil you're going to put in it. Because if you're going to do a 3,000-mile oil change, 3 to 5, then just use a cheap conventional oil. And if you're going to do a semi-synthetic, that gives you a little bit more you know, range on your oil changes. But in your case, you probably don't even put very many miles annually on it. And if that's the case, then just put a synthetic in it and change it once a year. So that's what i Okay, do.
7: so put a synthetic in drive it once a year, and then if I do drive it, I want to drive it for at least how much time?
1: Well, just to get, to it, get it through get a it complete heat, heat cycle, yeah. You want to get the gauge between a half and three-quarter, and you might have to put and it I'm, down a gear. You mo- you know, you might have to pull the shifter down a gear and, and bring the RPMs up and, and, you know, and get on the freeway and, and just kind of work on getting it through a heat um, cycle, and, and then you, the car will love you.
7: Okay. I will do that next time. I mean, it's t- yelling at me that it's time for an oil change for date, number of days, not for distance. And uh, I think I'll just do a full synthetic the next time.
1: How many miles and, a year do you uh, drive on it?
7: Under 3,000.
1: Oh geez. If you're under three thousand you can use any oil you want. You can use a conventional, which is the old fashioned oil. You can use a semi synthetic, uh-huh. a blended oil, you could use a synthetic. I hate to see you use a synthetic for a hundred, hundred and twenty five dollar oil change for three thousand miles. I think you should go back to a conventional. Okay. <laughs> twenty twenty forty or twenty Twenty uh, zero yeah. twenty no the zero twenty. Let me think out loud now. The zero twenty is a synthetic, and they don't make that in a in a in a semi synthetic or they. It's a synthetic period. So you're going to be like in the 10:30 range, but look at your owner's manual and get whatever it is, the cheapest oil you change with the weight your owner's manual calls for, and it might be 0-20, and if that's the case, then it is going to be a synthetic, and then change it before the summer starts. So you're going to change it in April, and then you're going to go through the summer with fresh oil and through the winter with oil that's a little bit used. That's all. Okay?
0: Okay. All right. but, Thanks, Mark.
1: You bet. Anybody on the line, Gil? Mike, good morning.
5: Yes, sir. Uh, Mark, thank you for taking the call. You bet. I have a 2013 Chevy Malibu with a 2.5 liter, getting a cam sensor uh, uh, readings, and it also is in reduced power right now. And I've re- I've replaced both the intake and the exhaust solenoid cam timing solenoids. And they're telling me I need a cam chains, maybe. I have one hundred fifty-eight thousand on it.
1: Okay, and who's telling you you need a cam?
5: Uh, just a a repair center on uh, Mesa Drive. Okay.
1: Okay. Now, are they? Okay, are they the ones that doing the work, or is that a phone call that came that said that?
5: Uh, no, no, I was there in person and he said that uh, at 150000 150 to 175,000 should do a, do a cam change uh, and he said it may fix it <laughs> but i don't like the word may
1: i don't either for, i don't, for, I don't for either 20,
5: you know 2 grand
1: okay you know i'm an old time guy so i would take this, this thing and i would probably pull one of the valve covers on it or if it's got a distributor i'd pull the distributor cap on it and i'd put a big old bar on the front nut of it of the crankshaft <laughs> yeah Okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do?
5: Well, we don't have that on this. It's all computerized, so I don't have that opportunity.
1: Okay, okay. Well, then I'm going to take a valve cover off, or I'm going to look through the oil filler on the valve cover, and I need to see the camshaft is what I need to do. So I'm going to put this big bar on the crankshaft, and I'm going to go back and forth, up and down an inch. Up an inch, back to normal. Down an inch, back to normal. And I'm going to watch and see if the camshaft moves in complete synchronization with the crankshaft, which the chain is between the two of them. Right. And and if I move the crankshaft and the cam doesn't work, then it's probably the case. But if I move the crankshaft clockwise and then counterclockwise and the, the crankshaft counterclockwise and clockwise and the camshaft follows perfectly... His hypothesis just went down the drain.
5: Yep. Okay, I totally understand. I'm an old year okay.
1: too. Okay, that's how oh. I would do it. You're going to need your wife to help you, and you can't use bad words when she does something wrong. Do you promise?
5: <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Like they say, whatever you said, end it, loopsy. <laughs>
1: Thank you for making me laugh. Thank you. All righty. 602 508 0960. 602 508 0960. The lines are wide open. We got five of them. You're welcome to call in and we'll be right back.
5: Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa. Tune in. iHeart and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24 7. Uncover retirement concepts you need to know. There are three steps to succeeding at the business of retirement. Insure your assets. ensure your income. And assure your peace of mind.
7: Tune in to Top Gun Retirement Hour with Alan Kiefer.
5: Remember, it's up to you to retire to a brighter future. Saturdays at 8 a.m. and Sundays at 9 a.m. Right here on 960 The Patriot. They knock us down we get stronger they try to silence us but our voice just got louder the new wave is coming.
1: We've succeeded. People just don't want to recognize it
6: because it challenges their narrative. It challenges their assumption. So they got to try to find a boogeyman. Great socialism, they think it's great. If you want to go outside and celebrate Joe Biden, if you want to kick around a pillowed effigy of Donald J. Trump, that's perfectly safe. The tech overlords censoring our speech, right? I call this diet fascism. They say, you can't see this. You can't see this. We're doing it to protect you. It's for it's for your safety.
5: Speaker Pelosi was holding the American people Hostage for political gain. This was never about what was best for the American people, never about honest policy disagreement. It was about preventing President Trump from getting any credit. It was about politics. Candace, DeSantis, Crenshaw. Really, the conservative voice has never been stronger. 960 The Patriot, a voice that speaks for you. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick and proud aunt. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing.
1: Well, 44 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, we're going to be here for another hour, so we've got some callers on the line, but i got some business to take care of. Blackwell Automotives at 40th and Greenway, that whole northeast quadrant of the valley area. I can find one shop that I can send you to and know that you're going to be treated fairly. I'm not saying all the rest of them are bad. I'm just saying that's all I could find. Tom knows what he's doing. He has a vintage car division, and then he has mom and dad's family car division he can work on both of those he's a good guy i've known him for a long time and he's very principled what i mean is he he's not afraid to confront a technician in a nice way i wish it was a nice way but in a nice way and correct (laughs) him (laughs) and i tease him about that a lot so anyway if you're anywhere near that northeast area of the valley blackwell automotive 40th street and green greenway is where i think you should be um, somebody called up and wanted to know about a good Payson shop. And and um, I've been up here for about 11 years. Um, we bring our horses up here in the summer and then home on the winter. But um, the one I use is Dan at Coyote Automotive. He's on Main Street. Um, my shop put a differential in a, in a motorhome that belonged to a lady. She didn't make it uh, to Payson. We made a terrible mistake on the installation of that differential. Um, I didn't have a shop at that point, but I called a couple of auto parts store, and I found out Dan always pays his bill, he doesn't return parts, he doesn't try them, and then put them back in the box and return them, that's the kind of shop I was looking for. So I said, will you help me? I'll have a differential shipped to you, you put it on, Take you know, make sure we put oil in it this time, and uh, and I'll pay you for everything. He did everything I asked him to do. He put the differential in, then I got in the vehicle and drove it back to Phoenix to deliver it to my customer. And the customer was obviously three or four days late on her vacation, but and I apologize profusely, but I used him. He did a great job, and since then I've referred to him. I also want to say that like any other city in the United States, Payson has some real bandidos, and it's up to you to figure out who they are. But... Dan at Coyote is not one of them. Let's go to Dan, and it's n- nothing to do with Dan from Coyote. His name is Dan. Dan, how can I help you?
3: <laughs> Hello. It's about my '77 Power Wagon. Okay. Um, way back when, I had to get rid of the original starter and buying aftermarket.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: None of them seem to. They all seem to give me stranded. I'll turn the key to start it, and it'll just want to spin.
1: Okay, the starter drives spinning, so it hasn't yeah, engaged. Catches. Is there any oil leaks or coolant leaks or anything to contaminate in the end, the starter underneath the uh, back of the motor?
3: No, not up in that area. It's got its oil leaks being you know, a seventy seven, okay. but not, uh, no. not in that
1: area. No, that's why I asked. That's why I ask. Um I would think send me an email, Mark. At MarkSalem.com, mark at marksalam.com. I'm going to call a couple of friends of mine that are deeply involved in the quality of parts that are being purchased or um, manufactured and sold to the installer. I'm going to ask them. the The starter drive is this a big, very powerful motor? We've got a blower on it or a turbo on it or is it just a big, a big cubic inch motor? That's oh, my
3: 440.
1: Okay. And when when it's hot, when you crank the starter over, does it sometimes drag the starter?
3: Oh, no. It'll start on one turn or two, and then I went into Glendale the other day, hung around for an hour and a half, came back, and it started spinning. And this is probably the third one because it freaks me out to want to go out of in the mountains or something because, well, you know, the short story is I was Costco and I went to start it, Spun, 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 and I thought I was going to be stranded there. My kid turned the key while it was still spinning. It grounded, grinded it, and then it started uh, on the next try. So it's just unreliable.
1: Okay. Um, You can, is there a dust cover on it? Is it automatic or standard? Automatic. Okay. Um, Sometimes you can pull the dust cover off of it and spray the nose of the starter with a bunch of WD-40. It's not going to hurt it any. And the question then becomes, is what's what's preventing the starter from doing that? Because when we energize the, energize the solenoid, it's supposed to do two things. It's number one, it's supposed to energize the solenoid. When you hit the start, we energize the solenoid, which shoves the starter drive into the teeth of the flywheel. And then the motor starts spinning at the same time. This could be a solenoid problem and not a starter problem. When you buy them, are you buying both of them together as one unit?
3: Um, Harkers has been put on three, okay, because he's backing up his work, you know, and it's right. It, it just—I don't want to keep going to Larry.
1: Okay, um, or Bob, Bob, you know, yeah. just keep on him. Yeah, I, uh, you know, he's—I want to tell you something. In 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 my world, I think the world of of him and and Jeremy. Um, and their ability oh, yeah. to yeah, fix yeah. things and stuff like that. I just think we yeah. just need to change the the vendor, but I'm not quite sure that's going to work. Um, maybe
3: <laughs> you tried so many. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, if if I want to tell you something, I'm going to admit that if Bob has tried a whole bunch, and Jeremy's been a part of that, and they've tried all kinds of different things, including shimming the starter, not shimming the starter, grinding a little bit oh, off here, grinding, about, off, yeah. changing brands, then I can't help you. I can't help you cuz if if they've done all of that then you um, have Well you, have,
3: shooting, well, you only have
1: one that. choice wait till it gets worse and breaks and then you'll be able to fix it but I don't know the answer to it I don't I don't know if you if Bob's tried to fix it and I'm I'm going to tell you that I I admire his knowledge and his and Jeremy's knowledge I I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. No, I, I wish I could they help they you. but um, it, And, and, you and I think no matter what I say, you're going to argue with me anyway. <laughs> and you laughed about the WD-40 thing, and at that point I think, well, okay, fine. It's up to you, but um, I, I, I can't offer you anything more than, than that. i got to run, but thank you very much. Terry, you're up next. Terry, how can we help you?
4: Hi. I've got a uh, 2004 Lincoln Town Car Ultimate, and... The car has 36,000 miles on it. I got it from someone in Sun City that had it forever, and a brand-new car, basically. But I've been driving it for a couple of years. Everything's fine. And I leave it over the summer, and I'm using another vehicle, and the battery dies on me. So I go ahead and put a new battery in it. And when I start using the vehicle, the alarm system starts going off. So... I can't get the alarm system to go off unless I disconnect the negative battery cable and turn on the key and the ignition. Then it goes off. I drive the car. As soon as I uh, stop and lock the car, when I unlock it, same thing recurs. So that goes on for a while. Sorry, this is a long story. But uh, eventually the car now, suddenly the starter's turning and spinning, but it won't start at all. I ended up having the car towed into the dealer dealer gave me kind of a shotgun laundry list of what they thought was wrong. I didn't really agree with that and had it taken to another okay,
1: shop. Okay, we, we got to bring this to an end sometime, okay?
4: okay. Go ahead, but anyway, just finish up. The latest part is uh, I took it to another shop. They sent it out to an electrical shop that was specialized, and I got the car back Friday. The car starts, and I go to uh, you know, get in the car the other day. The alarm system starts going off again. Okay. And they had replaced the harness to the fuel pump in order to get the car starting Okay,
1: again. okay. It, it, oh, stop, stop. This is so con- convoluted, it makes no sense whatsoever. None none whatsoever. There's no way in the world that anybody's going to give you good advice, but I'm going to do my best. I think you need to deal with the alarm system first, okay? Sounds good to me is a shop in Tempe that I've used since 1968 they are really good with alarm systems and the fact that the battery's dead might indicate that we've got something that's causing the battery to die and certainly that needs to be checked but sounds good to me It would be one of those people that you would take it and say disable the alarm system for me I want to drive it for a month with no alarm system on it and see what follows it But you have so many convoluted things going on here, dead batteries. I put a new battery in it, and I have to take the negative cable off, and then I put the negative. All of that stuff doesn't really mean anything unless there's a pattern and a reason you do that stuff. I mean, the only thing you didn't say was you took both cables off and touched them together, which discharges all the capacitors inside the the computers of the whole car, and we kind of that's called a a hard boot we We're going to boot everything brand new and you could try that, take the cables off, but as far as somebody replacing the harness to the fuel pump and it's related to an alarm system. Gosh, I, I mean that's just a jump I can't make. I, I don't know what to tell you, but sounds good to me is the place I think you should take your alarm to. The other thing you could you could easily do is is to call a couple of shops in your gen in your geographical area and you say, who is it that you use to deal with car alarm stuff? And maybe there's a shop in your geographical area that three or four shops will name, and those are the ones. But um, I, I, I'm not smart enough to be able to handle everything, and car alarms is something I lean on other people for. And like I said, it sounds good to me. But good luck to you. That's the best I can offer you. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. The lines are wide open if you want to do that. And who's on the who's on right now, Gil? Uh, we have Harold. Harold. Good morning.
8: Uh, hi, Mike. Uh, Mark. Um, I got a battery question for you. I was out at the lake the other day talking to a pro-tournament fisherman who was checking out some changes to his boat, and he told me that he took out all of the conventional batteries in the boat and replaced them with lithium-ion batteries, and the reason he did this was mainly he could take like 130 130 pounds out of the weight of the boat, and I guess that's important if you're a pro-fisherman. Mm-hmm. But my question to you is I did not think lithium ion batteries were available to the public, that you could just go out and buy them. Is that true? Could I put one in my car, for example?
1: Yes. Oh. You'll pay $3, $4, $500 bucks for it.
8: Okay. You want to do uh, that? Well, I was wondering because I've never seen them advertised, and no one has ever suggested to me that I put one in.
1: We don't. We don't unless there's a reason. Let me give you a good reason. I own a 55 Chevy pickup truck and it has a 6 volt system and I need more power but it's an original truck and I don't want to change the entire electrical system over to 12 volts. So I just recently paid $325 for a a 6 volt ion battery that has a thousand CCAs. It's going to turn this motor over as if I've got 24 volts going to the engine as opposed to six. So I had to change the, the mounting for the battery. I had to change it. I had to, ch- I had to rewire the cables. But I'm going to have tremendous power out of this six-volt lithium battery to crank over that six-cylinder. And like I said, have it's they, north of 300 bucks.
8: Have they kind of solved the problem of uh, heat-induced problems with those things? Uh,
3: well,
1: it,
8: if, you, if you recall, when they were first put on the Boeing Dreamliner aircraft, they had a lot of problems with uh, battery compartments, overheating, and that type of thing. That, that kind of wives'
1: is- tale is something that, that, is in, that permeates our industry all the time. Those kinds of wives' tales. What relationship do we have with a Dreamliner and a Lincoln Continental? There's no relationship. We can't extrapolate. I've got a problem with the battery in my boat, and all of a sudden that condemns the entire battery line. We can't do that. We can't cross over, and, and you know, we can't just automatically assume everybody with red hair um, is a bad driver. It's just not going to work out. So it, we're, we're it's just technology. And I don't know why you'd want to go to a battery that costs that much money. Why would you do that? What problem are you going to solve? How is that going to make your life better? It's going to make my life better because I don't have to jump start this 6-volt thing and because it, it goes rrr, 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 And it's going to go rrr, 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 rrr. And That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. So it's it's the lithium batteries are new. The lithium batteries um, are a little bit tricky. And the lithium batteries um, are going to be a whole lot better in five years than they are now after we determine what size we need and what size is the most approved uh, the most n- uh, demanded see we're not going to be able to sell lithium batteries that have this giant source of electricity for mon kettle. they're not going to buy it so so, but if a guy's got a high performance v eight um, power stroke motor and uh and he wants to crank that diesel over real fast because he's got high compression and because he's got all this fancy stuff on it, then yeah, he'll need something like that but as far as as far as um, upgrading that kind of stuff, it's it's not a good idea, and it's not it's it's not a good idea. And your car won't love you more if you put this giant lithium battery in it. It's not going to love you anymore. The bad news is is when you when it goes bad, it's going to cost a whole, lot, a whole lot more to fix it. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty